Hey there, you got Jeff. I've got about 15 seconds before my dog barks again, so I'll make this quick. If you're looking to connect with other customer success leaders who are trying to operationalize customer success in their companies, come over to gaingrowretain.com and join now. Welcome to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. So for this morning, one of the topics that I thought would be interesting is you continue to hear a lot about the work from home. How do you stay engaged with your team? And I want to take a slightly different angle on that. So if you are a current customer success leader, one of the questions that I'm thinking to myself is how are you keeping your team and the other divisions up to date on tactics you're implementing, results that are coming out of that, renewals that might be upcoming that are important. Um, so I thought it would be interesting to, to kind of go back and forth and see if there's any ideas that we have on how leaders could, again, kind of keep the company engaged and, you know, not looking for the work from home. Hey, let's do a Slack every morning for this, right? It's like, what is the real kind of down action oriented? Here's what we're doing. Here's where you can help type of communication. So anything come to mind for you first, just as you think about virtual environment now, you know, things are changing fast, I bet, in terms of on the front lines about what we're hearing from our customers. Um, so any, any way that you're thinking of kind of leaders of customer success that staying engaged with the other team members and keeping the results up? Um, yeah, I guess my mind immediately went back to something that I used to do and I've seen others do. It's not just me, but even like in normal times, which is, especially if you have a lot going on, sometimes it's helpful for your team to hear from you on a regular basis in like a stream of consciousness, like just outline of here we are, what we're doing kind of way. And, you know, I used to send one of the companies that I worked at uh, a few years back, I used to send a, a weekly recap email just to the team. I would do it because we, we did that for like a bulleted kind of email for what we accomplished that week at a, you know, departmental level for the executive team so that everybody could sort of read what everybody was working on before the executive team meeting on Mondays. But um, I would take that same content and I'd turn it back around to my team and just a little bit longer form narrative, you know, two or three paragraphs, here are the things that we're working on, here's what we've accomplished, here's some things we need to celebrate, here's some things we learned this week that are um, challenging. And so I, I think, um, you know, maybe like just consistent communication like that, even more frequent than a weekly basis right now, because things are changing so fast, is a good way to do it. And it shows that you care, that you took the time to actually put something like that together every week. So I yeah. know that's not like, it's not like a silver bullet, it takes some work. No, I like that. Um, so I was actually gonna take, take that one step further too, is why not just even record a Zoom? Like why not just record yourself on a video? And like you said, almost do it on a regular basis, but it probably even affords yourself a little bit more flexibility than too in terms of just uh, writing. And, um, but I think that could be a cool, if you're, if you're, I think if you're going down into the organization and you're trying to tell your team what's happening, I think that's a good way, especially because we're not in the office right now, we're not seeing each other on a frequent basis theoretically. So it's another way to kind of get your face in front of them. And it doesn't have to be long, but I was just thinking, I wrote down here maybe, you know, like five to seven minutes. And what are the things, uh, I think you called out a couple categories, but uh, some of the things that I wrote down were, uh, you know, what do we celebrate? What did we learn that we, we all need to be aware of? Uh, what are some of the big risks coming up? I'm, I'm a big proponent of just being transparent with the team. So, hey, here are risks that we're considering right now. Yep. Um, and then here are upcoming renewals that are, you know, that almost the executive team is all caring about. Like here, obviously every renewal right now, I'm sure the executive team's caring about, but I think you know what I mean? Like the, hey, here are the strategic accounts, here are the upcoming renewals that we know are very important. And 
uh, here, here's why, you know, we're all considering them. So I think something like that, I just, that just came to mind for me as a, and again, I think it, from a leadership perspective, it just gets your face in front of them for five to seven minutes when you're not seeing them on a regular basis. Um, so I thought that would be a cool idea to, to start trying to do. Uh, I don't know if you can do it daily. That might be a lot, but maybe at least once a week or twice a week. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Right. I mean, I think if you're going to do it, so this is a great, a great tool for global teams. Like we know companies that have just their customer success team spread across four different continents. Right. And I think video, um, gives you a sense of, it makes you feel like you know the person, right? Like they're talking directly to you one-on-one. -on -one. So if you can do it, I, I would say five to seven minutes might be long. Like yeah. 60 seconds to one to three minutes, right? I mean, just yeah. for them to see your face two or three times a week and hear just like a real-time update, that's pretty powerful. And then the other, the other thing too is, you know, that's one to many. And, and by the way, I think you still probably need like a town hall kind of forum yeah. as well. So you can get two-way conversation going because that's important too. But you don't want to do that every day. I mean, that's just, that's going to be too much for everybody, right? And there's only so many questions you can answer. There's not that much changing every single day. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, uh, what was I just thinking? <laughs> oh, the other thing I was thinking is uh, that's one to many, but you know, you could also do some one-to-one -one things, right? Or some one to few things. So like maybe your, maybe your team in the San Francisco office needs to hear you give them an update and it's targeted just at them, right? Yeah. Or, you know, the Boston office or the Shanghai office, where, wherever it is, right? But, you know, you can sort of tailor the message and it makes it feel more personal. It's like internal marketing a little bit, right? Communicate. Yeah. But, you know, my wife's in marketing and, and the thing, one of the in PR in particular, and one of the things that she's always said to me is, or we've always talked about is you have to, you have to say it, you have to say it again, and you have to say it again. Like, and if, I've been watching the, the briefings every evening. Like I will go back and watch the presidential briefings on YouTube. There's some hilarity in there, of course, but Mike Pence, and this is not political and I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to even tell you what my political leaning is, but Mike Pence, if nothing else, that guy is ruthlessly on message day in, day out, moment after moment. He is just on message. Right. And, and yeah. if you can like can continue to figure out what your message is to your team and repeat it and repeat it again and repeat it again, I think that's, valuable now you got to be careful not to you know stick your head in the sand and not you don't want to appear tone deaf by just sticking with your message and it never changing if the world is changing around you and people can feel that right that would be bad yeah but anyway i i that's been an interesting thing to watch how yeah. you say a message like that but i think it's also the the one-to-one -one idea too is is kind of a creative way that maybe if you're a ceo or you know somebody that's even at a higher level that doesn't you know interact maybe they don't get the the ability to interact as much with, we'll say an individual contributor or a CSM or something along those lines. Maybe that is another way too. like, Hey, you know, just saw a renewal come in and you know, the CEO puts together, like you said, a 60 second video on their iPhone that just says, Hey, you know, really appreciate you doing that. He, you know, heard about this, you know, one, two, and three. But again, I think they're, you know, I think you read a lot of the, of the fluff that happens, right? Uh, it like it's the content machine. So uh, everyone's trying to aggregate the same things like, Hey, work from home tips, you know, start a Slack channel, yeah. do this. Yeah. And um, I think just trying to find ways though, to, to creatively engage with your employees that doesn't necessarily feel stale and feel overproduced is the other thing that I think um, companies might sometimes overthink, you know, in the sense that if you listen to our podcast, I don't think it's overly produced. We go through and basically throw on an intro, throw on an outro, and then we put it out the door because you know, there's, there is something about authenticity that really resonates with people and goes. Totally. And so 
if, you know, if all of a sudden I was working at a company and the CEO was literally walking around his house with his iPhone, just telling me this message, like how authentic would that feel? Like, Hey, he's not, you know, it's not like a marketing person told him what to say and they sat him down in front of a nice camera and a green screen and all this stuff. It's literally like, Hey, he's in real time just doing this. I think that would just be another cool um, idea for kind of executive teams to start thinking about and just yeah. how can you, cause again, it's not, I don't think you're going to move mountains doing that, but those are the little things that probably help the cultural aspect as you're kind of in these times of uncertainty. You know how you move a mountain? One scoop of dirt at a time. Yeah, that's <laughs> right? true. I mean, like you start from the, from the ground and you, and you work your way up. I, I don't know. I think I, there's a lot to that in, in the, and this whole idea of even big companies starting to, be, to behave a little bit more like startups, right? And show your humanity do the quick things, you know, like just incorporate that. And that, that's not a, a COVID-19 thing. I mean, that's something we should be trying to figure out how to do period just for like team engagement. Like, and yeah. just so people hear us say this, like team engagement for us is really important because we believe that that leads to customer engagement. So this whole idea of people and customers, employees, team members and customers, like they all hang together. In fact, I've been at a couple of companies where, and I know of a few companies where, the chief people officer is also the chief customer officer. It's so it's like chief people and customer officer makes sense in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. So uh, we talked a little bit about how maybe communicating down and kind of communicating uh, to your other peers, maybe about what's happening in the customer success org. Um, what about as we go up? I'm, you know, I think we, the quarter just ended maybe last week, we'll say, and, we're about to have a board meeting coming up. I'm sure there's already been frequent, there's probably already been, you know, interim board meetings that have been happening, but let's just say, you know, you're a customer success leader and you're approaching a board meeting. Like what in your mind right now, like what are maybe two to three slides that you feel like are just of the utmost importance where it's like, this is where we just need to be spending a bulk of our time in this conversation while I have, you know, this leadership team and, and this uh, board of directors in, in the same room together. Like anything come yep. to mind, kind of two to three specific slides that need to be in there. Yeah. So, I mean, let's, let's think about what the board is thinking about right now. And to your point, the, all the private equity and VC folks that we know are very busy right now, reforecasting, trying to figure out what the cash position is um, with the CFOs of their companies and the executive teams of their companies. Um, there's a lot at stake right now for these businesses to try to just figure out what their runway is because SaaS companies, and, you know, if people don't know this, they should know this, but a lot of SaaS companies run at a deficit. They run at a negative, you know, they're burning cash, which means they're spending more than they're making. And that's why, I mean, it's perfectly normal for a SaaS company in the early stages. Now, there are people who will argue that and say, well, you know, it is possible to bootstrap and it is possible to bootstrap, but I can assure you that many more companies run at a deficit than don't. So anyway, that being said, it's really important for them right now to be figuring out what their cash position is and how they're going to, you know, how far they can go with where, with the cash that they have. Part of that cash story is what's happening with our current customer base, right? It's not just about money they've raised or debt that they've, they've taken on or, or made available to the company. It's about the actual cash that's coming in the door. So I really want to know a few more things. I want to know what can I expect to collect on that's already been sold um, what can I expect to, you know, what can I expect with regard to retaining customers? I mean, this is like motherhood and apple pie for us, right? But it's which customer segments are at risk right now and which customer segments are not. So if I had to do a board presentation right now, um, I would be 100% focused on showing my entire account base and where I think the hotspots are in terms of risk for retention and collection based on 
the kind of things that are, you know, coming at our customers right now. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know how many slides that is, but that, that, yeah. that's the topic. That's, I mean, yeah, that's the bulk of the presentation. Well, it's interesting too. You talk about collections, right? I mean, I think there's a lot of, of uh, people out there, you know, that sometimes, again, I think get confused with uh, bookings, get confused with revenue and get confused with cash and how all those things flow together, right? There's, and that's where the inherent difference is and why, just to your point, it becomes so important for you to understand um, the financial aspect of the business because all three of those things are different and they all mean different things to the business. Totally. And therefore, um, you know, we use them, we use them in different times and to report different things. So that's the other, the collections piece is interesting to me, right? Because um, for any business that's out there, even though you invoice something that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be paid, it just means that you've invoiced for it, right? And if it doesn't get paid, there are ways to try and go get that, but that, that requires more time. It probably requires more money, right? Because you're going to be paying a collections agency to go get that. Like, so that's yep. just a really interesting factor. And I think you, um, in one of our recent talks or one of our recent office hours, I actually think you mentioned that that could be, uh, I know, you know, we've got a list of maybe 20 different me measurements or metrics that you could include in a health score. Um, and we don't by any means say you need all 20, right? We want to pick three to four, maybe five. But um, one of the ones that we have listed in there is actually um, uh, is financial aspects like that, like uh, collections, like, can we rely upon them? How uh, reputable are they as a business? Um, because in times yeah. like this, that becomes really important. So that's even maybe a, another, just a, a small segue for somebody to think about that as part of their health score right now. Uh, and kind of, right, you, you, you might have a, an updated segmentation for this pandemic. You might have an updated health score for this pandemic right now. And maybe one of the factors is, is this company, you know, how, how is this, how is our clients cash position themselves or how reputable yeah. are they that they're going to be able to pay this bill that we have outstanding for them for, yeah. you know, the next 12 months. Yeah, uh, exactly. it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the CFOs right now are, <clears throat> they're doing multiple forecasts and where, where, you know, in normal times and, you know, you take this loosely, but the priority is bookings, revenue, inclusive of retention, and then cash, right? You're, you're sort of forecasting those three things, but right now it's flipped on its head. It's cash, you know, then revenue, then bookings, because revenue for most, and here's where you get into the accounting piece of it. And I'm not an accountant, but I, you know, I, um, I know enough to be dangerous, but you know, you invoice a customer and you can start capturing revenue on your P and L. It doesn't mean you have cash in the door right now. Cash is the most important thing, right? Because we all have to weather a storm, you know, with less business coming in for, for many companies, not everybody. Um, but yeah, the metrics are flipped. So it's an interesting discussion for sure, but this is a real opportunity for customer success leaders to, to really tie what they do together with the business in a super meaningful way, right? Yeah. Like all the way down to the cash, right? Like how are we as a team gonna help forecast and impact that? And that's, that's great. That's where the CS leaders need to be. That's what I was gonna say is, um, I think this is a really unique position, right? I think we've heard over the last three years of building this business about should customer success own revenue, quote unquote, and should customer success own renewals and upsell and cross sell and all these different, you know, little things that people ask that are very hot topics to debate. Um, yep. And I think it's a really interesting position that leaders are put in now almost by force, which is basically like, I mean, you know, I, I don't think for the most part, I would be shocked, but I don't think a lot of CFOs right now are going to the sales leader and saying, hey, tell us about our current customers. No, nope. they're going to the customer success person and say, hey, tell us about the revenue base right now. And so if yep. you weren't tied to, if you really weren't tied closely to the CFO and you weren't tied closely to the revenue aspect of the business before, I would say this is your chance to, yeah, like shot. you said, yeah, like go in, own the presentation, like you said. And I think uh, what you what you called out was really good, right? Which is let's forecast or let's get the the entire book of our business, 
and let me show that to you in terms of uh, kind of our risk assessment. And then let's go talk about the hotspots. Hey, here are, you know, within this segment of our business, within tier one customers, we are worried about this subset because of X, Y, and Z. Let's talk about that. Like, and let's get the opinion of that room to understand, like, is that a real risk and threat to our business? And how do we measure that and how do we mitigate it and come up with a potential mitigation plan as well. And, um, you know, I would hope that you'd walk into that room with an idea of what the mitigation plan should already be because that's what the, that's what they pay you to do. Yeah. But you really need But I think you also really need to leverage the, the brain power in that room to say, Hey, do we think this is an actual risk? Here's the plan I put together. Um, and so if we do think it's a risk, here's what I'm going to try and go do. Like, you know, do we agree or disagree with that? But I think now again to alignment. Yeah. Like I think, you know, I think a lot of times what you hear about going into board meetings, right, is a lot about the reporting and a lot about just giving your updates. But now I also think it's a time to revert that back too and say, hey, you're on this board for a reason. Uh, we need to actually use some of your brain power. What are you hearing in the industry? If you're on a board, I would imagine that you're sitting on in other board meetings or you're close to people who are sitting in other board meetings. So like getting a pulse from them on like what's happening and what other people are doing is a way also to kind of update your plan to make it as best as can be. I think one of our, what we say all the time, right, is um, a lot of the content, a lot of the material that we put together is never, ever finished because we always think it can be better. And so taking that approach as the, as the CS leader going into that room, I think would be really good. Yep. All right, cool. I think we beat that one to death. So, so quick recap. So as you go down in the organization, some things to think about would be uh, giving potentially just a weekly update via email, bulleted type style, uh, potentially getting in front of the camera and just doing a 60 second to three minute type of uh, just rundown for your team. Again, kind of incorporate your face, give them something to think about um, and give them just a way to connect with you. Also thinking about doing that for your leaders across kind of horizontally, sales leader maybe to your other leadership um, companions. And then as you go up into the boardroom, you know, starting to think about how are you looking at the revenue for the business? Um, how are you just painting the picture of where do we have hotspots and risk right now? Uh, and making sure that you're kind of having that two-way communication with the board to you know, make sure that you've got a, a plan that you feel confident about walking in there, but at the same time that you're uh, asking and kind of pulling from them some of their ideas and making sure that you're getting, you know, again, they sit on the boards of, of, of many companies, I'd imagine. So um, trying to make sure you can pull kind of the best insights from them as well. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.